hello, hello, sound, 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 sound. Yep. Hello, hello. Yep. Perfect. We're talking up the butt, sir. We're gonna need a cigarette. <laughs> this sounds good. Hello, hello, hello. hello. I'm talking hello, up the hello. butt. The butt. Up the butt. We're talking up the butt, sir. A cigarette. <laughs> I'm gonna say that many times. <laughs> hello and uh, welcome yet again. For the fourth time, to carry on the Sex and the City podcast, I'm Kat Knipe. Hi, I'm Alec uh, Wells, and also known as Mr. Up the Butt. We are, <laughs> we are your co-hosts, and today joining us is... Daniel Montgomery, and I am so honored and just <laughs> couldn't be happier It to is be here. so lovely I to love how you. important oh. you're taking this, um, because it, this is the first of so many episodes. You're going to be so tired of us. Good. I can't wait to um, be tired. Daniel's going to be, just if you're listening to this, Daniel's going to be a, an extremely, incredibly regular guest. You hear that? Who knows? He might even be on episode five. We don't know. Um, but uh, we've known Daniel for quite a long time, and he's one of our Indeed. dearest and best friends. And... Is someone who is incredibly well versed in Sex and the City, so he's perfect for this podcast. Um, so to initiate you, let's let's just pop your up the butt cherry. Yeah, we're oh, talking up the butt and uh, find out what is your first experience with Sex and the City. Like, do you remember we seeing know. it illicitly? Where did it begin? Ooh, ooh. Well, um, do you remember? I I don't remember the specific moment that I discovered Sex and the City. However, I do remember. I used to get Entertainment Weekly. Oh, okay. I used to, when I, growing up and like in high school, I, or maybe this was middle school at the time. It must have been middle school, I think. 1998. Yeah, season middle one. school. Middle school. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing an article in Entertainment Weekly and it showed. Was it titled, um, Up the Butt? Yes. It, it was titled, <laughs> We're Talking Up the Butt, Sir. And, um, <laughs> um, I remember the article had a picture of. Uh, Carrie at like a gay dance club. Uh-huh. I can't, I don't know what episode it was from, but I remember uh. thinking this is dangerous yes. and edgy and fun and mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch. And we got HBO, but we got HBO illegally at our house. Ooh. Yep. You guys. Statute was, of limitations, I hope. I mean, there was. <laughs> Here come the popo. Uh, there was a thunderstorm. And before the thunderstorm, we didn't have HBO. And after the thunderstorm, <laughs> oh, we had HBO. I've never That's heard incredible. This now I don't know if if my parents decided, oh, this thunderstorm really is putting us in the mood for HBO. Let's call our local cable provider <gasps> right. and hook it up. Or if it was a mistake, I'd like to believe it was a mistake. I kind of like to believe it was the former, and okay. that they were like, mm, we can use this opportunity. No. I don't think that anyway. could possibly wind be true. This way comes. So, did you watch like? Did you also catch like real sex on HBO? Yes. Because Alec posited in a previous episode of this podcast that Sex and the City season one conceptually is very much like like a scripted real sex. Yes, I completely agree. I remember, um, you know, sneaking late at night mm-hmm. when the parents were asleep. Uh-huh. To watch that this fuzzy episodes oh, yeah. of real sex and taxi, taxi cab, cab confessions. confessions, which is funny because there's a moment in the, in this episode that made me <gasps> yes. think of that. Oh my You're god! Absolutely right. I never even it's thought like, about it's that. It's a kind of synchronicity between yeah. the early like HBO kind Tying of series. Together. Now, okay, so that was your first introduction to it. Here's my question that I haven't asked so far, but. Sarah Jessica Parker, as a star in 1998, 
actually, let's even say pre-Sex in the City, sure. how high on the list would we say she was at that time? Now, I will say because I was, I mean, Hocus Pocus is one of my all-time favorite movies. Of and course. always will be. Why? So, you're, you're a human. Of course it is. So, I don't know. I don't care about the rest of the world. She was high on my list. Uh-huh. Okay. She was I knew her from Hocus Pocus so I and her. I knew her yeah. from, um, oh, for God's sake. First Wives Club? Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Um, this is going to be terrible. Um, it's the movie about the kid who Milk goes... Milk Money. No. No. <laughs> that was Melanie Griffith. But it feels the same, doesn't um, it? Uh, it does. It does. I, I need to know the name of this movie, though. Flight so of the Navigator? Thank you. So we were in the midst of a hot, hot Oof. Charlotte, North Carolina summer. That's right, we were. In between 8th and ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Summer You're right. time. Mm-hmm. Just summer figuring out time. who we were. Yeah, we didn't know. I still um, and don't know. Guess who, guess who else is trying to figure out who she is? Carrie. Carrie yeah, Bradshaw. She doesn't um, know. And this episode starts off with... Oh, first of all, I do want to say I noticed Michael Patrick King wrote this episode. And can I tell you something that you... Daniel, I know you're your want to look up IMDb trivia, so you may have just mm, looked this up. I didn't. But I read something that just... I. Tell me. Sarah Jessica Parker, in a 2008 James Lipton interview, I'm guessing it was inside the actor's studio. Gotta be. Mm-hmm. Must be. In 2008, so the year that the movie came out, so she had mm-hmm. plenty of years, the show was done, Ten the show years was later. behind her. Yes. She counts this episode as her series favorite. Really? This is mind-blowing information that you've just laid out for us now to be fair i just looked it up and just read it on imdb so any dumbass might have just i don't know i can understand i can understand why it would have one of her favorite moments of the entire series Mm -hmm. i get that which i'm sure we'll talk about we'll get to because i think in a general sense there were there were some iconic moments in this episode and i felt like the, the it felt to me like this episode was the first time the show was finding its footing. Yes. I think it was the first episode that is representative of what the series was going to become. That's and that's, right. I think that's in, you see that in several ways in this episode. One is, I think about the cab scene mm-hmm. with the four oh, women. Oh God, It was yes. like classic Michael Patrick King. Genuinely Absolutely. funny. Ha- having them being all picked up. Yes. Yeah. And this felt like the first episode where all four women were beginning to have their distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. We understood from what perspective they were coming from. Yep. I still find in these early episodes, Samantha is oh, a little more lecherous yes. than I want her to be. She's a little more softcore porn she, than I want she her have, to be. She hasn't found her physical actual voice no yet. no yeah. and she you know? prowls yes. we we were talking daniel in the last several episodes like there have been samantha's just sort of been used and not paid off in a lot of her storylines like in the first episode i remember alec being flabbergasted at the fact that um she ends up wait now i'm gonna get confused because we've only watched three episodes so far and of course now i'm confused but there's an episode where she goes home with Charlotte's date. Is that the first episode? That's episode one. Episode one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlotte decides not to sleep with this guy. She goes back to his apartment and then leaves. And he goes back out, picks up Samantha, and she goes back and sleeps with him. And Alec is like, I hope this pays off later and comes back to haunt us all and has character implications. Nope. No. Nope. And, and then there was one other. I mean, of course, she, well, she goes she, after Mr. Big in the early episodes. But she also goes home with Modelizer Guy. That's right. Yep. You know? 
And you think that's going to be like horrible no. or something, maybe. But then, nope. And you're right. No, there's this lecherous, Alec. You're right. There's this lecherous feeling about her. There's not a good nature to the fucking she's doing, yeah. which I feel like in future episodes, it's almost it's almost like as David Schwimmer was the most physical comedy on Friends. I always feel like Samantha's storylines, even though they're often have the most nudity and sex are the silliest storylines and the most physical comedy and we're not there yet it's still a little real sex companion like you're gonna see a little nipple you're gonna see some simulated sex but the sex scenes are there for like dare i say the shock value absolutely titillation a storytelling in comparison to later episodes when samantha is having sex with a guy and her voice no no no. it's when she's masturbating to the priest yeah in that later episode and she (laughs) like it's absolutely ludicrous yeah whereas this is like her she's just fucking yes they're just doing some sex episode 104 this is the first episode where we actually begin on people that we know which i appreciate (laughs) it's a story about our main it's still this once upon a time shit like it was in the first episode like what is that was that once upon a time a girl went out the guy they kept running into each other once upon a time in a kingdom far away a certain man and a slightly less certain woman kept bumping into one another but thank god it's about carrying big but why all this i think it was because it was the year that drew barrymore after whatever movie came out what was the name of that movie um Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this Ever is After. Ever, Ever After. after. Oh, Don't just, hate on Ever After. No, we, I mean, no I'm no, not hating won't. on it. I'm just saying it's, it's that's true. the period of time once we're in a right time. now. Once so upon Once a Upon time. a Time in New York, Carrie looks like Murphy Brown in a red blazer. I can't believe you said that, Alec, because I wrote <laughs> down in my notes, because we take notes, I wrote down Murphy Brown red Oh, wrote. my God. Like, you guys, I can Murphy independently, <laughs> I can, I can independently podcast listener. I can independently verify. I'm looking at Daniel's iPhone note and Alex, Alex, yeah. plain old notebook <laughs> note, and they both say Murphy Brown. And Daniel Candace and I watched Bergen. this back to back, so there's no way we could have ever seen literally it physically we back to back. So, um, and this is something. Okay, wait. Let's let's go story, and then we'll then we'll really cut whatever. What am sure. I trying to add structure to this I for? I couldn't help um, but wonder. I couldn't help it. So. Carrie is explaining that she and Mr. Big keep running into each other and they decide to actually meet up. You know, I honestly can't believe how many times they run into each other. Yes. And I know this is a TV show or whatever, but I was like, come on, you guys. I mean, I've never lived in Manhattan. I don't run into people in LA. It's happened. You know, uh, it happens so rarely that just today... No, just yesterday, Daniel, I was explaining, I was reminding you of a time I actually ran into someone we know. Yes. And how remarkable it was for a couple of reasons, but but mostly really just running into anyone. I think it's happened under five times. Under a five-fingered handful of times have I run into anyone in LA not having planned to meet them. Well, that's because we just drive yeah. everywhere. Honestly, as yeah, soon we're as... We're just I, in our cars. As soon as I saw how many times they interacted with one another and ran into each other i checked out of the series you know i said oh. i'm done yeah. i'm done it was yeah, great to see to chris noth in a yarmulke you know he looked gorgeous yeah you know what you know what else is great how i i like sort of how carrie looks like a hobo when when pat field puts her in that fur coat 
Yes. A lot in season one. And even in, if I'm remembering, I think the season two opener is that take me out to the ball game mm. episode, mm-hmm. which we'll obviously get to, but she's wearing that damn fur coat again. And she just looks with it, it coupled with her, with her curly, her curly hair. She just looks, she looks like a hobo. Yeah. I don't like it. She does. Pat Field. So they keep running into one another. Yeah. Until one night they decide to meet at, at New York's hottest new restaurant. The hottest restaurant. Now, which usually, future episodes, they would have given it a name. They would have. Yeah. Feels like, like a missed opportunity or there. bed. This one, I don't think there was a name, was there? No, no. no. She said, that, like, she? this hot new restaurant, and then there John, was no John, name. John No H. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we pull, No H, no last name. But we pull in, you know, we're starting to remind um, ourselves of these characters. Samantha's PR firm mm-hmm. handles the opening, they so Samantha's working there. the door. Yeah, we see her working Sam's... the door for the first time. I think that yeah, yeah. that's really the first She'll time. She'll do that a job. couple it more times. It happens later. Yeah. But um, uh, I noticed. I said this out loud. We've talked about it in a, uh, I think just the last episode. Kristen Davis, when they were filming, I think both of these episodes had a cold. She mm-hmm. definitely had a cold. It's co- distracting. Yeah. I mean, I always notice when actors have a cold. Yep. And this was, there was no way. But couldn't we think of it, it as her character having a cold? Thank you. But they never mention it. I know, but she's a human being too. Do you guys remember what it is that Charlotte looks for in the perfect guy? Oh, it's so, three it's things. Something's... It's, it's the three, um... I know money the was three the last B's, one. right? I'll give it to you. Looks, manners, oh. and money. Ugh. Is that the Charlotte we know? I would say manners, yes, manners, no question. absolutely. Manners, manners, and way more tradition. <laughs> tradition. <laughs> okay, looks, I, I, actually I will agree with that one because it's Harry Goldenblatt that changes that in her. Right, because well, when she initially, yeah, when she initially sleeps with him, ugly sex is hot. <laughs> ugly um, sex is hot. <laughs> when she initially sleeps with Harry, she's disgusted with herself because he's hairy everywhere except for his head. And he's not that attractive, blah, 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 she says. Um, uh, and You're not but, supposed to grab someone's back. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> now money look okay i get it and i think that is probably true of charlotte it's an odd thing to say in such an early episode because it's not an incredibly sympathetic no it is not endearing um charlotte likes money but But maybe she did at that point i'll accept yeah i don't know i guess that's a good point this is this is all about i mean they are younger here clearly than they are in later seasons she says in the most obvious statement of her life. But it almost feels like Charlotte, I don't know. It almost feels like she's, she's obviously she's a little bit younger in spirit than the rest of the girls. In some ways she's a super old soul because she's like trying to patterns. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways she she's more naive. And I guess maybe, yeah. I well, guess maybe well, that. You know, this is still really early in the series. So they're trying to set like what is everybody's thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think probably... The writers at this point, and even the actors, are obviously like still feeling it out or yeah. whatever, trying to set up who Charlotte is. I mean, they don't feel like everybody yet. Right. No. Right. They're finding. Their One footing. thing we've talked about on a pre- on previous episodes is um, that that Cynthia Nixon seems to have nailed Miranda since episode since one. Since day one. You know that's what, for sure. You know what part of that is is that 
She's good. a consummate professional. Well, first of all, she's, and she's a goddamn in every professional, way. and she's perfect. So let's not forget that. Yeah. But secondly, great actors like Cynthia Nixon put themselves into the character, mm-hmm. and and she really does that. And that's not to say that she doesn't find or discover other things in it, but there's something so natural about the way that she inhabits oh. that character that only she could yes. that makes it work so well from day one. Yes, and I think that. Sarah Jessica Parker, to some degree, may have been fighting her natural instincts very early. I believe she was. But because yeah. her performance we, is much different in later seasons, totally. Yeah, and it becomes, I think, more... She finds herself in Carrie, and that's when it really, really works. Yeah. So, okay, so all the le- all the ladies meet up outside this club. Again, this is like... This is Sex in the City to me. They're meeting somewhere. It's night. They're in their hot outfits. They're at the hot new place. They're hot at the new hot place. new place. This is classic Exclusive. I mean, as, as Samantha says, she's had to turn away 20 people already. 20. I mean, people are actually Venti. crying. Venti. People are, people are bursting into Venti tears people. outside of this Venti club. So, okay. And then it, it made me real, realize something great about Sex in the City and probably also what inspires um, people saying that girls is a lot like Sex in the City, aside from the obvious reasons, in that look at that scene inside the club. Basically, the scene as written on paper is the girls go to a club. Mm-hmm. And when you watch a show like Girls now, 12 years later, it seems like in a lot of those scenes, nothing is happening, right? Like, in, in terms of plot, it's like, okay, the girls all meet, they meet a couple guys, they have a couple drinks, each kind of goes home with a different guy. Yeah. That happens in a lot of episodes. Like uh-huh. that, it, me laying it out like that, but it's about the execution of it. It's about the dialogue. It's about the tone. It's about the feeling that makes each of those episodes different. And you don't see that a lot in TV shows anymore, but I think that's what makes it so great and so real. Is it's, We're not trying to do something incredibly unique every episode. It's not so plot-driven. It's Can not you about unlocking say, the mystery. So you're saying Girls doesn't... No, um, I'm saying Girls does that too. Girls does it as well. I think that's probably more subconsciously why it draws comparison because on girls in a lot of respects there are several episodes of that show that have the exact same plot it's like okay it's true girls go to a party they go to a house party i just they go to a warehouse party yeah i just finished season one of girls like i'd been meaning to go back and rewatch, um and i'd never seen all of it but let alone you know just i was just finishing season one and it i just watched the warehouse party episode and it's true yeah and i guess people i i feel like girls consciously and constantly is having to answer for itself when it comes to sex in the city and the comparisons and i feel like because people are naturally going to draw comparisons because it's four women in new york city and they're young i mean the girls girls are younger but i feel like they have these stock answers prepared and the 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 instinct is always to defend against being compared. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're great in the same ways. In a lot of ways, they're very different. I mean... Well, yeah. I mean, they're in different time periods. Sure. Like, yes. for instance, I mean, they're go- you're, you're going to the hot new club, and then Carrie has to get on her rotary phone to check her and messages. And check her messages on her, <laughs> on her answering machine. On her answering machine to see what Big had said at that club. Yes. And by the way, that's when Miranda sneaks in that she's a lawyer. That's right. Here, 
Will you listen to this and tell me if you can figure out whether he's not meeting me as a date or not meeting me as a friend? All right. Sometimes you need a second opinion with doctors, real estate, men. Well, I have no idea. And I finished first in my litigation class. So inside the club, Carrie comes to a table where Sam is with the chef. Who's oh dressed God. like Jim Caviezel for some reason? John with no H. Oh. <laughs> oh God! And and John has a friend, Sam. Sam, Sam played Sam, by played by Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. So, who I have the world's biggest crush on, and just to is place it because myself, of that hot bod? Of course it is. Oh, it's yeah. because of that perfect baby face, and is it also, because of that devil may care attitude. Speaking of devil, for me, Timothy Oliphant has always been. His character, um, whose name is escaping me, in Scream 2, mm-hmm. which came out to a year before this episode aired. No, they came out the... Wait. Or the year... Or was it after? It came out the same year, didn't? I'm pretty I think sure it was Scream 90, the year of Timothy Scream 2 was, was 97. 19, oh, you're right. So Scream 2 was, was already out. So, um, spoiler alert, he is one of the villains, one of the killers at the end of what Scream 2. Ricky... Ricky. The freaky Tarantino film student. And the thing is, Timothy Oliphant, is this is one of the only, I think, no, it's Mickey. Mickey? Mickey. Is Ricky. That right? Yes, it's Mickey. It's, it's Mickey. absolutely Mickey. So, I'm ashamed. No, you, you should, should be. be. I'm teasing. Um, Thank you. By the way, Daniel is a resident, one of one of my resident friend horror experts. So we, yeah. Expert. Naturally, yeah. Yes. So, but um, to me... Timothy, before I ever saw season one of Sex and the City, I had seen Scream 2 about 30 times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't love Scream 2, but I do. They are they're dead, dead wrong. They're, they're ter- dead wrong. They're wrong. Pun they're intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Oliphant is one of the best things about that film. His, his performance is flawless. It's flawless. And I dare you to find, honestly, one moment in it when he's not perfect. So what's interesting to me is, in, in my opinion... By the way, carry on podcast listeners play this drinking game. Every time Cat takes a Sex in the City episode and finds a way to insert a horror movie into it, take a shot. You'll get trashed. Alcohol poisoning. So my point is, and I'm about to make another horror reference, so get ready Good. with your shots. Make it. Is that Timothy Oliphant, for me anyway, um, I think his performance in Scream 2 is super iconic, and for me he's always that that really fucked up bad guy, um, which he has been cast in a lot over the years. But yes, in this... Yes, he most certainly has. He's not really a bad guy in this. He's just a young, sexy, like, playful boy. Yeah. Um, but then what's interesting to me is I I remembered seeing this episode a couple times and forgetting that it was Timothy Oliphant because, to me, his performance is great in this episode but not super memorable. Um, did you see The Crazies? Yes, I did. And I am so... Did you see A Perfect Getaway? What I don't understand... Woo! Is Timothy Oliphant as the good guy? Perfect getaway. I never thought he would be Whoa. so good, but he's great. Anyway, my point in all of that, yeah. besides just finding a way to turn this into horror, into a horror podcast, Alec. Sigh. Is it is that <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is a fucking amazing actor? He's great, and he's got a great bod. Uh, he does. He does. And he's fantastic. Is, and this, in this is kind episode. of our first. So is his bod. In my opinion, I mean, at the time he wasn't a star, yeah. but looking back on it. I think most people, even if they don't know his name, like, oh would recognize God, him as the that Oliphant. Guy. So this is our first real Stupid. experience yeah. with like 
kind of what is now a name actor. Yeah. And we're kind of, for me, oh, it's like, yeah. ooh, I'm watching Timothy Oliphant. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's get back to the episode, which is he is this 20 something guy that yes. Carrie makes out with at this club because this 20 something guy with a tongue ring. She wants to know what it's yes. like to kiss with, the, quote, that thing in. Yes. And he's like, do you want to find out? And then they make out like 13 year olds. Now, I guess the rule when you have a tongue ring is you can only show it for one millisecond before you have to shove it back in your mouth. And nobody can possibly tell that it's in your mouth otherwise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and we all definitely know it's not a close-up of someone else's tongue. Yeah, exactly. Wait. So, okay, the thematic construct of this episode is 30-something women Dating 20-something guys. Oh, because everybody knows that's... Like a recreational drug. drug. Men, men as drugs. Men as socks. This column socks. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and... Wait, we also get a healthy dose. And I say healthy because, to me, that implies a nice chunk, which is really... 30 seconds of Skipper, which is all I'll ever need. You guys. Just I, too much Skipper. I think we all heard me audibly. Ooh, oh, there was a Skipper showed up. Skipper, Skipper, on. is he at the club for a second or whatever or not? I don't know. I feel like Miranda says his name while they're at the club. My mind immediately scrubs any scene that Skipper's in. So I don't know if he was in, in that fact, scene. I know that he was playing basketball with all the other 20-something guys. In fact, just now it took... I, I was looking at my page of notes that I'm checking off as we mentioned the things that I wanted to talk about. And Skipper's name is in the middle of the page and I completely skipped over it until just now. And I looked back at it. I skipper. But Daniel, let's talk about this scene with the guys on the basketball court. Do we have to? Yes, you brought it up. Okay, so there's a collection of nine 45-year-old actors... Playing twenty something. There's John Flop hair. Oh. There's oh there was a, we well. There's Kangle Man. Oh Kangle. There's, there's seventeen year old Kangle. high school senior. Come oh. on, you guys. Yeah. Like come on. <laughs> Again, come they're on. using this this thing where they put the people's names and ages and what they do for a living. And they're obviously at the you know, bottom of the page. Speaking directly to the camera. And I just wait. I just wait. For every episode, consecutive episode, and saying, is this going to be the last one where we do this? Is this going to be the last one? Good luck, because as I've mentioned on our podcast before, they still do it at the beginning of season two. I know, I know. We're not done yet. But I think they're doing it, it's been four episodes, (laughs) but I think they're doing it a little less. Yeah, Mm -hmm. every every episode they chip away just a little bit. Because they can't take it all away at at one time, just like... Just like Ross on Friends can't take away his fake British accent all at once, or else the students are going to go, what happened to your accent? So they'll slowly pull it away until, yeah. until Skipper's completely gone. And here's the, only. here's the other thing I'll say about those to-the-camera monologues. I've, I've yet to hear one that made any goddamn sense. Oh. Nothing that any of them are saying I understand or relate no. to at all, or has anything to do with the episode. No. When I see them, all I can think... All I can think is, what was this audition like? Oh, and how many people, oh, no. how many people walked in reading us and be like, huh, when I'm dealing with the guy, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, t- I'm you know? so yes. uncomfortable thinking about it. I, here's what I, here's how Oof. I think it went down. Oof. In the audition room, they perform pretty well. On camera, they completely choke. They just freeze. Yeah, they all die of them. inside. All of yeah. them. Because they are terrible. All oh gosh. Remember, oh, that, oh, they're on a rock climbing wall. 
Yeah, I, mean, uh, I know that's not this episode. That I think that was the by first the way, episode. it's like come on. Now that you said that on a rock climbing wall, in the very first episode, there's a guy <laughs> bench like doing weights. Yeah, like they always find these people in the middle of some like intense activity. Yeah, for some reason, a lot. In this most faux of them. document mockumentary documentary yeah. sort of like. We're catching them in their private moments. Dare Skipper, say, 27. Oh, we might 27. have like a reversal of uh, of gender stereotypes here in the way that they say a lot of male writers can't write women. Sometimes I feel like in these early episodes, like Michael Patrick King is figuring out how to write men. And his go-to is like, well, just have him like doing a sport thing because that's what right. Guys they're lifting weights. Do. They're playing basketball. Put a sixty-year-old guy in a Kangol hat. He'll go for twenty. Oh, People will think groovy there were like guy. four Kangols in this episode. Oh. I noticed. By the way, if you're listening and you don't know what a Kangol is, I it's those hats that, that Sam Jackson wears. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson wears backwards Kangol hats. You yeah. know. What he's always wearing. Why do they call that's them a Kangol hat? I think it's the brand. Also, I want to apologize for Kat telling anyone who didn't know what a Kangol is what a Kangol is because you were probably better Daniel off. Daniel didn't knowing. know. I oh, didn't yeah. Know. It is, but it is and he's pretty better unfortunate. Off not well, what a Kangol the problem is. is no one but Samuel L. Jackson can pull off a yeah. Kangol hat. You have to pay Sam Jackson $5 every time you say Kangol, by the way. Oh, shit. Um, now let's talk about the morning after this um, this trip to this club. Yes. Because oh, and Samantha... here's another thing that confused me about this episode. And maybe this is like, oh, in the 12 years since this came out, things have changed. But she's like, you know, I guess Carrie and her friends go to quote unquote 30s clubs. Yeah. And then, you know, they go to like? the 20s clubs. Yeah, what, right. What is a 30s club? What is a, tw- are, do th- are these things real? I mean, I guess I know what a 20s club is, which is like maybe a dive bar, maybe like no. barcade well, on Beverly you know, and here's Western the thing here to in me, like, Well, I don't know. Cause Hollywood's, well, LA, which we all live in. If you're listening and you're not in L.A., we all live in L.A. L.A. is like another planet, so I'm not really sure what it's like elsewhere. I mean, I understand that there's different bars that I can go to if I want a younger crowd or an older crowd, especially on specific nights. Right. So I think it's still... A thing, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, no, it I mean, probably like they have, is a thing, we have, I guess. Alec and I live, we live in Koreatown where there is a super club. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so-called, meaning like it's on the sign. And it's, um, it's like a big, it's a huge dance club where I presume people in their 20s go and it's like this awful like giant place where there are lines i mean just my worst nightmare versus like when (laughs) when we go i mean which we rarely do but if we go out for drinks or something it's like it's usually a small bar slash restaurant slash bar yeah where i can hear myself think this is a little off topic but i do want to address this which is how Interesting, I think, Mr. Big is as a character. Oh. He's a wildly oh. successful investment banker. And he goes out to clubs a lot. He does. He with his models sometimes. Like the hottest clubs, yeah. the youngest clubs, the oldest clubs. He's yeah. always everywhere. Yeah. Like, do we know? Do we know investment bankers who like go to clubs? I don't know any investment we, bankers. No, but we know professionals. We, know, we have friends who are lawyers. Yeah, but we don't have any bigs. Yeah, I mean, mm. if you... If you, if I would, have, if a gun was put to my head and you said, "What does an investment banker do?" They in- I would After die. After I say, I "Would bank, die," I would be dead. I would be. They murdered. bank. That's truth. They bank all day. Yeah. 
They 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 make bank. They make bank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we solved that. <laughs> Great. So um, Samantha Jones calls Carrie up the morning after this club yes. visit and says, "I am so fucked." And Carrie's like, "Oh what? no, what What's happened?" Wrong? Oh no, I'm just, I just mean I've been fucked all kinds of different ways. I'm literally fucked. Who calls their friend and says, I'm fucked, I'm that literally early fucked. Early in the morning. And yeah. there's also another line that she says, which, ugh, I don't know, some, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Samantha and I love yes. some Samantha puns. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, of course. I love them more than anything. We do. But Carrie says, oh, I didn't sleep, and... Samantha says, oh, I didn't sleep at all. Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah. is, is a, that a joke? No, it's not. And what is you're saying a, illustrates something that, that we, what you're saying not. is something that we laugh about a lot, which is that, and it's, and it's basically, if you want to see another example of this, just find any of Stanford's lines, because there are so many moments when he has a line that he delivers that it sounds like it's meant to be a joke. But there's actually mm-hmm. no punchline. Yeah. Like, it's like, for example, the line that we'll probably mention 800 times in this podcast, which is where um, Charlotte's trying to figure out if this guy she's dating is gay or not. And he's like, honey, we are aware. When I was a kid, my friend showed me an issue of Playboy, and I took one look at those naked girls, and I was like, no. <laughs> and that's the that's the punchline. You, that's but not a joke. You're totally right. Like on a scale of one to ten, Samantha's puns were like two. Two, yeah, out two, of yeah. two in this episode. Yeah, and we love them when they're great. But yeah. this was but they're they're, deli- they're delivered like puns. It's so they funny. Are. It makes you think of that <laughs> that episode of show uh, that episode. It makes you think of Showgirls. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where Nomi we're gonna talk about Showgirls oh, for a thank second. God. Where Nomi walks up to like the gentleman at uh-huh. this at, at the cheetah or whatever and, and she's like oh i can touch you but you can't touch me and he says the a, a businessman says i know where you can touch me oh and it's like uh, well, well i know yeah. we all know what yeah, you're trying know. to do you know but That's why i just he, told you that you can't he yeah he must be an investment banker yeah. <gasps> I, think I think he was he, i think he is yeah yeah i think he is I, by the way i certainly hope that's not the last showgirls reference on i this promise podcast. you it won't be. you know what this was the first episode with Kim Cattrall's boobs. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, we didn't I was, see her I was tits paying before? attention to the nudity. I wasn't paying attention because usually when it comes to breasts, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Season one, episode one. One of the first shots is, you know, that stupid couple, her boobs, Elizabeth, and, and then there's whatever. pretty much nothing. We see that guy's butt. At, in the Hamptons, mm, up the butts. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, that's one of the three. Hole. It's one of the three B's. Cute butts. <laughs> butts. So this was, but this is a monumentous occasion. I guess the first it is. time seeing her upper half. Now this She's is got great this is I think the only time that we see them completely sideways because what? all of the scenes what directed that? this episode. For some reason all of the scenes except the last one which maybe I I like that choice. Okay. Yeah. When she kind of when every sex scene with the 20 something guy is literally sideways. Literally yeah. completely 90 degrees was, sideways. Un, until, it's vertical until not she, horizontal. She gets that he makes the comment about her wrinkles and then it like shifts back mm-hmm. to it twists back to a normal right. point of view and everything's back oh, to normal. Oh, now I see what I they were doing. I didn't realize I was watching The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> <laughs> the Cabinet of Dr. Clitigari. Oh, oh no! Oh, come on. I love uh, that wait, movie. So wait, Caligari. I need to talk. I need oh, to talk. Right. I need to talk. 
about Pat Field and how much I, she's back in my good graces after the last episode. What with Miranda's and tie? Miranda's androgynous breast hiding perfect, perfectly cut mm. men's suit. I'm feeling. I'm it. not yep. sure if I'm she's ever it. looked sexier. I think she yeah. looks. I, I mean, she looks really. For the good. record, and this great. will probably come up again. I find androgyny really sexy. I find men who look like women really sexy and women who look like men really sexy. I when I see someone walking down the street who I'm talking about someone who's objectively like pretty attractive. Yeah. And I'm like I'm passing them on the street and this happens a lot in LA and I don't I you can't don't tell what they are, but they're but they cut a mean jib like they've got a sexy like yeah. outfit on and I don't know what it is. Dear God, I cannot get enough. I love that ambiguity. I just love ambiguity in life, but especially sexuality. It just it's great. Yeah. So to see Cynthia Nixon, like just they don't. What I love is it's not like they've stated like in any in any explicit or implicit way. Well, Miranda's not like a typical girl. They don't. They haven't even tried to say that. No. They're just. She Pat feels just putting her in an outfit. Well, I mean, they yeah. address the lesbian potential lesbian. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Episode. I'm completely yes. wrong. No, you're um, not completely. But you know wrong. what no, I mean. Are, I am. It's yeah. fine. Um, but you know what I mean. Like they don't. They don't. They don't. I guess it's not heavy-handed through the entire series. Mm-hmm. She actually, and in fact, as we've talked about before, Cynthia Nixon becomes more feminine. And in fact, I don't love a lot of. I mean, I love her outfits. They're beautiful. But like in the movies, she's. Almost in in my opinion, a little more heavy handedly feminine yes, she's than I like her to be. She looks fabulous. She's definitely the but... most style wise. She's definitely the most masculine at the beginning of the series. Yes. And definitely in these. And I love it. Sure. It's delicious to it's me. It's fun. I like delicious. it. Delicious. I really like it. It's great because she's still feminine. Um, but well, uh, and on that same subject, um, anal sex. I mean, that's the oh, issue. Up the butt. Yeah. In case, in case you've been wondering why we keep saying up the butt, um, if you're listening to this and you didn't first watch the episode, which is totally fine, um, Charlotte calls Carrie in a panic mm-hmm. because her perfect guy, manners, money, and whatever the fucking third ma- thing and was. mansions and looks. L- oh, looks. that's right. Yes. Yes. Money and, All right. And looks. All right. Call, calls. She calls Carrie and asks. You know, tells him. Tells her something. That mm-hmm. he asked her, but mm-hmm. we don't hear what it is. And at we first. know we know no. that Carrie's in a hurry, and she's, she's in a late, big and she's hurry. always yeah. late. Oh, oh, I see what you did perfect. there. She's in a big hurry to go see Big, and um, at a thing, at a thing, not a date, not a date, a just thing. a thing. And but whatever Charlotte says to her on the phone, but <laughs> <laughs> but whatever Charlotte says to her on the phone is enough to say for her to say, "Meet me outside your apartment in ten minutes. I'm yep. picking you up." Oh, yeah. I just love it. I just because this so is such excited. a big deal. So yeah. so this is the classic cab scene with the four ladies. But we in a great Michael Patrick King moment of inspiration. The ladies enter the cab one by one, one at a time. So first it's just first it's just Carrie and Charlotte talking it out. Jumps in a Miranda, mm-hmm. and then give us that Sam. And this is where Charlotte drops the bomb. Yeah. She drops the kids off at the pool. Oh, oh. <laughs> and she tells Carrie that he wants to have anal sex. And she just does not know about it. He very this. politely asks, as I like it, take you to dinner. Yeah. Well, because he's got take those manners. And then have anal sex. Yeah. yeah. And the other girls successively get into the cab. Yeah. Miranda has a great point of view on this. Mm-hmm. She says, she, I wrote about it that down. power play. She yeah. says, if he goes up your butt. Will he respect you? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, 
scaring me. Okay. Don't scare her. It's all about control. The question is, if he goes up your butt, will he respect you more or respect you less? That's the issue. And yeah. I think in 2013, to the, I'm sorry, it's 2014 as you're listening to this. I think that's still the issue. It's still yeah. the issue about up the butt? Yes. Yeah. It's it's relevant. No, no smoking cap. Sir, we're talking up the butt. A cigarette is in order. I will argue that when it comes to not just up the butt, but as uh, if we think about up the butt as representative <laughs> of any sexual um, limits people are pressing, mm, okay. uh, which which is increasingly in 2014 more and more and and more. Um, I guess peripheral yeah. and, and things that like people have never even thought of people are yeah. trying to do in the bedroom. Um, and uh, the bits, I think, <laughs> I think that's still the issue. Our people is, yeah. is the person who, because if we, I like to think of myself as a, um, as a sex positive person in a sex negative country, I really try to accept people for, yeah. for what they choose to do, who they choose to do, how they choose to do it, um, encouraging them to be safe. And I like to think of myself as being very open-minded, but there's stuff that like people come up with these days. That's really, really crazy. Um, and I guess the question you always have to ask yourself is like, if, you know, if you let somebody push you to, if you're going to let somebody put it in your ear or whatever it is they want to do, are they going to respect you more or are they going to respect you less? Yeah. She's right. And Samantha's point is a hole is a hole. That's right. Which is very progressive. And that's just, and and it feels good. It's very says. Samantha. That line, like, is very, it's much more, it's much more future Samantha than all this weird real sex stuff. Like, that line, I feel like that, that cab scene, this cab scene is the first real scene. Yeah. Of this of the entire and, and series. And Samantha almost. also says that it's fabulous. She does say that. <laughs> what I also love is that, um, and this is just having watched the show over and over and over again, Charlotte, I love that this whole storyline is going on, and yet, seasons later, when Miranda is telling them all about her marathon training buddy who who licked her butthole, um, <laughs> Charlotte, in a, in a hilarious and wonderful turn of events... Everyone else is like having this, these big debates over, and Samantha has these big opinions. Oh, I would never do it back, and blah, blah, blah. And she, we learn that Charlotte Charles. not only enjoys it, and Trey enjoys it, she's married to Trey, but she's like, I do it back to him. We're married. Yeah. So like in the confines of marriage, Charlotte is extremely open-minded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just put you know. that ring on her finger, and you can put your finger anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you liked it, then you should have up the butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, but you know, again, along with the lesbian storyline in the previous episode, I'm surprised at how quickly they jumped into anal. And I don't even, I'm not even trying to be funny. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I mean, like, it's wow, set episode four, you went there. Like, I know, I, and I think that's indicative of, you know, like, the the edginess of the series. And yeah, we're going to go there. We're going to go yeah. up the butt. <laughs> yeah. And we're not afraid to talk about it. And here's what the series is going to be yeah. like. Are yeah. you ready? Yeah. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. So Carrie, she has, uh, she is hooking up and making out with this 20 something Timothy Oliphant. And she. Well, well, we did skip the part where yeah. she ends up meeting Big for the thing. Right. Right. That's right. And his friend who called him up crying because he just broke up with someone 
has tagged along. Yeah. Big has allowed him to tag along. I yeah. want to rephrase it that way because yeah. it feels like, he's like, oh, he called me crying. Yeah. But I'm like, no excuses. Yeah. If you have plans with somebody, you keep them. I know, but I still love, I still feel. I, was, I love Mr. Big. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be a little bit nitpicky about this scene. I'm going to be a little anal about it. <laughs> Because in in an episode about power plays, it felt like in that scene, Big didn't have the power. Right. I agree. And, and there was something about that, that that frustrated me a little bit, only because the romance of their courtship, it's kind of like who has the power. And it always feels like Big is just an arm's length away. She can't quite get to him. Absolutely. And not to say that Absolutely. I don't... Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Not to say that I don't like them trading power every so often, but it felt I don't know for some reason something to me felt off about. Well, that. it didn't. Like, it didn't quite feel like big. It doesn't yes. quite feel like big. Um, but I it was will a little argue. Too mincy, like I want to argue though that. But I like the way that Carrie. We have it. to. Yeah. She. I. We have to. Maybe we don't have to, but personally, rewatching this and knowing how much Carrie has to chase after him, um, it's it. It's almost like, um, going back to girls, like Hannah treats Adam. Adam says to Hannah, um, you've been chasing me around for six months like a fucking, like I'm a fucking beetle. Mm -hmm. And now, like, meaning like the band. Um, and now that I'm giving you something back, you can't handle it. Like, um, I love, I love seeing that, that flip where Adam Mm -hmm. is needy and saying, I love you and like whatever, which you don't, you don't expect from him. And I think we almost need to see... Big is so aloof and so cool and so sexy that to see Carrie, like Daniel, you're saying you like how she handled it. She got up and left, like in a really cool way. But to see him sort of like, we get to see him twice in this episode, sort of like mystified by Carrie and intrigued. And you get to feel that he cares about her, which otherwise you might not Mm -hmm. see. Like you, you can, you can imagine that he does because they keep running into each other and they agree to go to drinks. But like, Dudes will do anything to get into somebody's pants, but he seems like he's intrigued, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you really get to feel in that scene, and especially when we'll get to the end, the very end of this the the episode, but you really get to feel in the scene that that Zaza Zoo. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like that Zaza Zoo is is there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's Zaza. present. And you can tell Carrie's excited, and you can tell that Big really likes her. Yes. You know, and that's yeah. probably just Chris. Uh, that's just he, Chris that's Chris Nose and SJP. Yeah. Magic. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what that is. Whether whatever that scene looks like on paper. You yeah. Know? Um. But but big big is not the one who gets to stick it in in this episode, is no. he? No. He's no. Not. Carrie Carrie ends up sleeping with this twenty something guy because she, she goes leaves, back to him. She needs that. She goes back fix. to him. She's she's yeah, down. She's a drug. She's, she's DTF. Yep. She's down to. But and again, early episode. It, it's much more graphic with SJP. It is. These sex scenes. I feel like we see less and less. It feels grittier. Season. It's all that smoky jazz. Yeah, yeah there was the a lot of jazz. jazz. Yeah. And um, so she goes to Timothy Oliphant's apartment and things are real sexy and we're feeling like, mmm, hey, It was sex. just what she needed. It was just, uh, what, it was, she got her fix. Or she's in control. Did she? Because in the harsh gray light of morning. Yeah. Oof. What she wakes up in a 20-something apartment, which, if I'm to understand what 20-something apartments were like in 1998, um, they are hoarding houses with bathrooms that are in the backs of bars, because covered in yeah, graffiti. The whole, yes. uh, the whole apartment looked to me like a bar bathroom. Yes. It looked like a bar bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think I just call that a specific case of a hoarder. Yeah. I know plenty of 20-something guys, 
And ain't none of their apartments look like that. No. I, I, I agree. And I bet 20-something apartments didn't exactly look like that in 1998. But they were, you know, trying to make that point. Of course. Of just how awful... You know, and now there's no toilet paper yeah. in the roommate. Well, and, then, and he's talking about this crazy dream that I had, and he can't, he, you know. Aluminum hands. Yeah, oh, he God. just can't focus, and he's all over the place, and she's got to get out of there. Yeah. I have to she's back us up for. Go. She's got to go. Um, I have to back us up for just a second and say that the, I think we get this tiny moment, um, but I think is very important, which is when Carrie leaves this, this quote unquote thing with big where the guy should his friend is there and she decides to not stick around she says the next round is on me and she throws down like a 20 or whatever mm-hmm. and gets up and coolly walks out and goes to her 20 something whatever um guy's apartment but before she does as she's walking down the street she's like i decided to walk um to clear my head or whatever plus i just left my cab fare on the table and i think this is so important to see because that's a it is it is such an important character um aspect of Carrie which is that she's so impulsive mm-hmm. mm. and she's driven by her emotions and she be- she will act radically because of her emotions yeah she threw down her cab fare that is so irresponsible mm-hmm. she literally I mean I guess apparently no one has debit cards or credit cards in this world we, we know she does she doesn't have a cell phone she doesn't have a cell phone mm-hmm. but she I guess she put down all the cash she had on the table like I mean as we see her financial situation becomes like you know untenable later on in the series but mm-hmm. i just think that that little moment yeah it, four episodes in is really important to show that carrie will do something impulsively emotionally that like yeah. probably isn't mm-hmm. practically a good idea and not it, that we don't all do that from time to time but and it also feeds the story because mm-hmm. that causes her to walk and she ends up walking back to that 20 something yeah. hot club and that's how she ends up that's with Mr. Right. 20-something. Can we talk about, um, a, and we'll need to wrap it up soon, okay. but can we talk about um, the fact that she goes to pick out a shirt with this 20-something guy at Banana Republic? Can we talk about how she lied to Miranda? She lied to Miranda, which, she by the way, isn't the last time she'll do that. I can't no. believe she lied to Miranda like that. Yeah. But she, but they're making out in the Banana Republic dressing <laughs> room, and, and the worker comes in and goes, Please. This isn't the gap. <laughs> we, all, we, all, we all laughed right we out all loud. We all old for real. Yeah. And I, and I can't even explain why, really. But I know. Just... I can't explain why that's funny, but it is. So so I guess, <laughs> so we don't really, Miranda, I'm now thinking of it because I'm trying to think about all four of the girls. I mean, Charlotte's storyline is about up the butt and it's not really about yeah. a 20-something guy. But, but It was Car- funny. It was cheeky. It was great. <laughs> Samantha's storyline, though, is also about a 20-something guy. Yeah. Because he says, as you briefly mentioned, Daniel, that, like, she's... He's like, I like when you lie like that because you have these cute little wrinkles in your neck. Yeah. And it's... And it says Samantha... The voiceover is Samantha realized that as long as she was sleeping with a younger guy, she would always be older. And it says she... She gave up 20-somethings right then and there, which, as yeah. we know, later on, she the most absolutely. important man in her life becomes a 20-something guy. So that's absolutely bullshit. I mean, I, you have the cutest little wrinkles. That guy went full retard he in did. that moment. That, I mean, that what is an the, idiot. That's, that is the dumbest thing. That is a, well, we know Samantha doesn't say. shy away from dumb guys, hence the season three, episode one, um, firefighter <laughs> oh, character. Do you remember this, Daniel, where Carrie's, sure I do. Carrie's judging this um, firefighter yeah. mm-hmm. competition? Yeah. And, and Samantha's like, I'm going to go talk to that guy. And she's like, I saw you up there. And he's like, 
Oh yeah, I've never done nothing like that before. It's pretty cool. I mean, my cousin Ricky said I should do it, and I was like, I don't know if I should do it. And she's like, let's just go fuck. I'm like, yeah. how do you... Or Mr. Too Big. Mr. Too Big. Who's what like a supposed to be actor. an investment banker, but he's clearly just a weightlifter in a suit. Oh, God. That guy's ridiculous. God. Anywho. Anyway. Um, so she leaves the 20-something behind uh, Samantha and Carrie. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte, just to wrap up her story, she admits that she is not Mrs. Up the Butt. There isn't a Mrs. Up the Butt in no. this Nobody world. wants to marry Miss Up the Butt. And nobody wants to fuck grandma's pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, Brian, I can't. I, I, I want to, but I can't. I, I, I mean, actually, no, that's not true. I don't want to. Or maybe I do. I don't know what I want. But I'm afraid if I don't, then you'll dump me. And if I do, then I'll be the up the butt girl. And I don't want to be the up the butt girl because, I mean, men don't marry the up the butt girl. Whoever heard of Mrs. Up the Butt? No, no, no. I can't. I want children and nice bedding and... I just can't handle this right now. So, uh, you know, the guy says in a genius moment, can we just fuck the regular way? <laughs> and <laughs> Which Charlotte's is very charmed. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see this guy again, though. <sighs> do we? I mean, I guess we'll find I don't out think, next episode. I don't remember. I, I, I don't, don't think know. we do but that. But every now and then there's like a guy that shows up like a boyfriend or something and you're like, huh? Yeah. Or they just show up in one episode and then they're out. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the case with Skipper. Oh, God. Skipper, I barely knew her. (laughs) Skipper's around way longer than you ever think he will be. Um, So anyway, so, you know, Carrie, she leaves this 20-something behind for greener pastures. She's in a weird time in her life. She is. And guess who she runs into again? Walking down the street after having spent $400 on a pair of ugly shoes. Oh, God, they are are so ugly. She runs into Big yet again, Mm -hmm. this cosmic connection they have. They just keep running into each other. So And she uses her superhuman sight to read his crossword puzzle, (laughs) answer it, and then coolly walk away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and what is she... She has a brilliant line. I love the end. I love the end. It's a great... I mean, as much as we're we're kind of bagging on it just to be silly, I can... Make I, no mistake that I we all no, love of course. this. We all yeah. love it. And and this episode, like, while it's full of dumb moments, it, I, I there's traction. We're feeling the characters really build toward who they really are, and we're seeing the first glimpses of what the show's gonna be, and it makes me excited. Um but yeah, what's her line? Well, oh she she, she I, I won't get very coolly she very coolly uh, gives him the crossword puzzle answer. Then she walks away and she's wondering if big is, is looking, looking at, at her. her. Well, no, Big runs runs after her and, oh, and says, right. oh, yes. says, oh, like... You know, I would have gotten that answer. And he was like, and, I, and I'll take you out anytime you want any wherever restaurant, you wherever, you, wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And she very coolly says, call me. Oh, yeah. And then walks cool. off. And then she's just she just has that inkling and she just yeah. wonders, is he looking at me? And she turns mm-hmm. around and you know that he is. Hinge. What? Your crossword puzzle five letter word to bring together hinge well nice seeing you bye bye excuse me uh hey just so you know uh, i would have gotten hinge on my own maybe i have no doubt now that i've got jack hooked up i'm saying okay maybe we could have dinner sometime hmm, i don't know i'm good at crossword puzzles yeah. i'm just not so good at people puzzles anywhere you want just you and me As I walked away, I had a thought. Maybe all men are a drug. Sometimes they bring you down. And sometimes, like now, 
They get you so high. Damn. It would have been so cool if I hadn't looked back. Yep. Yep. And if Carrie... And, and this is why I'm I'm now all fired up about this episode. Um, and I, while I would not in a million years call it my favorite of the series like SJP did to James yeah. Lipton. Who does she um, think she is? I don't know. But I will say the that... The executive producer? I yeah. think it's a great... She's a consulting producer. I will say that I think it's... Um, I think that moment of her wondering to herself if he's looking and then turning around and looking and then the voiceover is like, oh, it would have been That's so much so cool. cooler if I hadn't looked back is indicative of the Carrie we know from just straight on through to the second film. Because the thing is, Carrie is a Katie girl. Curly hair, the way we were. She, if she were a cool girl with boring straight hair, she would have been able to coolly walk away and, and never look, look back. back. Mm-hmm. But she can't. But not we look love back. that she She's looks hopelessly back. flawed. I love that she looks back. We love that she looks back because we all want to look back. Yeah. And we all want to be, also, yeah. we all want to be cool and not look back but we can't help ourselves we're flawed we identify with carrie because she's flawed and we all know that big's the perfect man for her not aiden yep wait a minute alec wait a minute alec you want to rebut you want to rebut uh now up the butt well in an episode about butts the last thing big sees is her perfect pink star fruit oh her backside, her monkey, her badonkadonk, her balloon knot. <laughs> wow. Um, on that note, Daniel, we want to thank you thank so you much so for much. doing this. This is the first of so us. many episodes, guys. If you're listening and you absolutely hated Daniel, <laughs> craft a wonderfully crafted response and post it on our Facebook. Yeah. And then get used to it because he's going to be on the show so yeah. many more times. Sorry. Um, you're but just going to have to do it. I had with so it. much fun. Thank you this for joining so us, and guys. This was a great episode. It really was. It was. I, I, I was saying that I have like season one itis. I don't usually like watching the first season of a show, but. This was a good episode. I would watch this episode again. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, wouldn't turn it I off. would too. I mean, I've unlike you, I've watched a lot of season one over and over again. I mm. curse myself when I'm watching like some of the earliest episodes. I curse the day you're born. <laughs> <laughs> um, so guys, thanks for joining us. And um, until next time, carry on. <laughs> <laughs>